when you're flourishing, which is often a state of love or gratitude or awe or pride, you're more likely to succeed at all your goals. Um, and there's a lot of reasons behind that that we can get into, but that's where I went with that. And I think every swim coach, every performer, every, every human being deserves the right to know that there's a science to success. And it it's preceded by being in a state of flourishing, emotional flourishing first. Welcome to Champions Mojo Weekly Podcast, where your hosts Kelly Palace and Maria Parker share with you what it takes to be a champion. Kelly is a former Division I head swim coach, Olympic trials qualifier, and holds Masters World and National Swimming Records, and Maria holds world records in endurance cycling and was the overall women's winner of the world's toughest bike race, Race Across America. They'll be sharing their personal stories and wisdom, along with interviewing other champions to give you the tools you need for becoming a true champion in your own life. And now, your host, Kelly Palace. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast. And as usual, I am co-hosting with Maria Parker. Hello, Maria. Hi, Kelly. Maria, what an appropriate topic for the week of Valentine's, love and performance. We fine-tuned that title for Valentine's a bit, but we are going to have a broader discussion today on positive emotions like love and performance. It seems that when we connect to powerful, positive emotions, we can perform better. And we are so fortunate today to have an expert on positive psychology, international best-selling author, international speaker, and a champion swimmer herself, our friend, and back by popular demand, Caroline Adams Miller. But before, Maria, we bring in Caroline, can you give us a little bit more on our celebrity guest? Sure, Kelly. Caroline is fresh off an international promotion of her latest best-selling book, Getting Grit, The Evidence-Based Approach to Cultivating Passion, Perseverance, and Purpose. She's been sharing her research-backed actionable strategies to help people cultivate more grit and dig deeper to clarify and achieve their toughest goals. And today, wearing her positive psychology hat, she's going to talk with us about using positive emotions to enhance performance. So without further delay, let's bring in Caroline. Welcome to Champions Mojo. Hey, guys. Welcome. Caroline, we're so um, grateful to have you here. Thanks for being here. I, I, I know we've chatted at the beginning of this, but I just really thank you. I know we, we've got a long friendship, but you, you are such a celebrity. I don't want to take advantage of that and just say we're so grateful. We are. Oh my gosh. I just thank you. I mean, you guys are celebrities in your fields more so than <laughs> I am in mine. So, and I just no heard way. Bob Bowman interview today. You think, you think I'm a celebrity? <laughs> I love listening to your interviews. Those are real celebrities. So, oh, well, you're so thank modest, you. which is one of the things we love about you. Caroline, we came upon this topic because we kind of thought Valentine's week was fun. And then we found this article called Love and Performance. And it's actually the research is done by Kelly Campbell, a PhD assistant professor of psychology at Cal State in San Bernardino. And she found, well, you know what? I'm assuming it's a she because her name is Kelly, maybe a guy named Kelly, because I was named after my dad. But Dr. Campbell, which is maybe we'll just call her or him Dr. Campbell, says that competition and love light up the same center of our brain. And I was wondering if we could start there and uh, 
how you, when we say love and performance, what does that bring forward for you? The thing that came up for me immediately is I work with the VIA character strengths when, you know, I'm working with coaching clients, often CEOs of major companies, or I'm teaching at Wharton or whatever it is, because I teach about well-being and uh, character strengths. And one of the top ones is love, in fact, and it's called the ability to love others and be loved back. And uh, my fifth book, Creating Your Best Life, was the first to actually put out this research showing that when you're flourishing, which is often a state of love or gratitude or awe or pride, you're more likely to succeed at all your goals. Um, and there's a lot of reasons behind that that we can get into, but that's where I went with that. And I think every swim coach, every performer, every, every human being deserves the right to know that there's a science to success. And it it's preceded by being in a state of flourishing, emotional flourishing first. And that's why positive psychology ought to be in the primer of every coach in the world. If you don't know it, you're shortchanging the athletes you work with. I love that. And I, I want people to hear what you just said about the VIA signature strengths. Well, the place that I send people, because it's connected with the the organization where the VIA character strength research okay. is headquartered, okay. is www.viacharacter.org. And that's VIA, values in action, character.org. It's a free test. It's 120 questions now, but the powerful part of this, and I, I actually just finished a bunch of sessions with the American University men's and women's swim teams, swim and dive teams, and they found it extraordinary for the team, for well-being, for their training trip, how they used it. Mark Davin and I are in constant communication about it, but it's one of these powerful tests, whether you're an athlete or a, a homemaker or a CEO or whatever, it ranks your character strengths from one to 24. And the research shows that when you take the test and find out your top strengths, people are happier. It's a win to just mm. have that research. And the impact of emotional flourishing is multi-layered. But when it comes to talking about champion mojo, you have to understand that emotional flourishing is the predecessor to all success in life. It just is. People who are pessimistic, not hopeful, cynical, depressed, whatever, you will never get their best efforts and their best self. So the VIA is one of the doors that my clients walk through that makes a big difference in terms of understanding yourself, who you are at your best, and how that best self is going to show up to not just compete well, but to impact the world in a positive way. That's great. I, I was just reading an article about negative bias, and that's very adaptive. That's what we've, you know, evolved to be to see bad things. And so, you know, it, it's nice to have a specific tool for those of us who may struggle with all those things you just listed, anxiety, depression, fear, to walk, you know, more towards those positive emotions. Can you give us any other sort of practical tips? Like Gosh. if I'm nervous or angry or or worried about the world, what do I do? Okay, great question. So first of all, this is well-established research. What I wanna say is this isn't the law of attraction, this isn't anecdotal, this isn't urban myth, this is real research. I got a master's degree at Penn in 2006. I was in the 
first class of 34 people to get this master's degree uh, in applied positive psychology. So I want to proceed this by saying this is not happyology. And so your question, how do we overcome the negativity bias? It's a real thing. You know, we did evolve. Our last evolution of the brain was the ice age. And that was back when it still paid off to have your fight or flight always engaged, always, you know, trying not to get killed, you know, to survive the uh, triceratops who was behind the bush, um, that kind of thing. And so what we know now is there are about 11 words that are correlated with flourishing. And when you, when you conjure up these feelings of well-being, pride, awe, joy, contentment, love, et cetera, et cetera, it has what's called the undoing effect on your vagal tone and just your emotions. Hmm. And when you summon up, um, and, and I'll just give you an example from your interview with Bob Bowman, when he talked about going into the 2008 Olympics, I think he said, um, one of you will remember, and he's looking around and remembering every bit of it. He went in and took mental snapshots. That's savoring. The quality of being someone who can savor and call up those kinds of memories, that has the impact of eliciting positive feelings, and it has the undoing effect. It improves your circulation. It improves your ability to make friends. It improves your ability to be creative. I mean, we all need to know how to bring up those positive emotions and undo the negativity bias. Some people do it with music. Some people do it with just you know, mental snapshots like the savoring or the nostalgia. Some people have guided meditations. Um, some people go out and exercise. I'm, I'm high in the character strength of zest. So for me, exercise is always a positive emotion inducer. But everyone has to know what it is that brings them joy. And they have to voluntarily, volitionally bring those behaviors and thoughts into their life on a day-to-day, -day, sometimes hour-by-hour -hour basis. Because these things don't just happen because you want them to happen. You don't just get happy because someday someone's going to tap you on the shoulder and say, it's happy time. You have to do this. And again, there's a lot of research. There's a reason why positive psychology is such a big field. and So many people are trying to make money off of it. But you have to understand that there are many things that have been studied. The three blessings exercise is one of the most addictive exercises that ups people's well-being very easy. You basically, at the end of every day, you just ask yourself, what are three blessings that happened to me today? And why did they happen to me? And then you can draw a direct line between things you've put out into the world, you know, kindnesses you've done others, and they do you one back, for example, you start to see that those blessings are often generated by your own behavior and thoughts. And it, and it ups your gratitude score. Gratitude is a very important um, character strength for people who flourish. Oh, that's great. Have you used this in your life personally? Oh, <laughs> I remade myself as a mother, as a, a wife, as a friend. I mean, just being at Penn, just the first five days of immersion week in September of 2005, all I wanted to do was get in my car and drive home and be a better mother. Um, because when I found out there was a, a positive to negative uh, ratio that it, that is characterized, you know, good relationships, great um, teams, teams at work, teams, sports teams, what you find is that they generally have at least three positive comments or interactions to one negative. And those are things you can, again, voluntarily choose to do. Optimally, you're looking for five. Yeah, that's what I've read, five to one. Five to one. That's John Gottman's research, mm -hmm. Love Lab at UW, uh, University of Washington. But these are all things that I realized I wasn't doing such a great job with. In particular, I tell this story all the time. 
my oldest son was 16 years old. We're both ADHD. We clashed a lot. And I realized that I wasn't anywhere near three to one with him. It had just become a real battle. And my younger two were just easier, you know? So I was easily at three to one. And all I wanted to do was go home and make it right. And um, so did it impact me? I think I'm a completely different person. One of the reasons Kelly and I are in touch a whole lot more than we were for, I mean, we've known each other since we were nine or 10, is because I, I remember hearing that the happiest people have four friends. And I started thinking, well, have I let my friendships be neglected in service of building a business or you know, being a mother? And I started to think, well, what about my college roommates? Have I talked to them lately? And so I really made an effort to spend more time thinking about, interacting with, and just being friends with people. Because if you don't have friends, you don't have much in the world. So you're saying you have to be very intentional about this. Friendships don't just happen because you want them. Friendships are not LinkedIn acquaintances or in Instagram friends. Friends are people who you make time to see, you make time to visit, you make time to talk. And it's those soft places to fall that make all the difference in terms of resilience and even grit. And what's interesting about the research on, on well-being and, and relationships is you have to have this net around you. And it doesn't always matter whether or not you call upon this network of true relationships, people who you've worked to build friendships with. What matters is that you know it's there. And the reason why losing a friend is so painful is because it's so hard to make a good friend. And so I, I think people need to think about who are, the, who are the people in their lives who make them better? Because I think a lot of people, and this is where women make massive mistakes, is a lot of women surround themselves with frenemies, friends who are enemies. And when you look at the research and you find out, well, why do women poison the atmospheres within which they work and live and even love? It's because they don't want anyone to think they're not nice. So they will endure these black holes in their lives. And so I think a lot of us have to think about who are the people who, when we're with them, we laugh more, we love more, we're better people, we think positive thoughts, we're more creative, we're more curious. And then you value those friendships to the ends of the earth. And I really have, everything about me has changed, but that really changed, really changed. Yes, absolutely. And Caroline, you know, when we reconnected after, I don't, I don't know how long our drought was. I think we were lightly connected for a while, but then we reconnected pretty significantly. And you had me take the, you know, the VIA signature strength test, which I did. And We've talked on the show a lot about me suffering from anxiety and, yeah, you know, not real deep depression, but a little little bit of anxiety and depression. And I know that's a huge problem out there. I mean, we, we have especially swimmers coming out left and right nowadays. I don't know if you saw the recent Tom Shields coming out and saying that he, you know, he had been really suicidal. But I, I really believe that when you use these signature strengths that it does reverse, Maria, you know, the negative bias, like last year, we did a reflection show on what a tough three years it was for me, losing my mom, getting breast cancer, having our house wrecked by the hurricane. So a year ago today, I was just in a terrible place, but I got out my signature strengths and I- Did you? Oh, I did. And it changed, literally changed me. My top five are um, creativity, gratitude, capacity to love and be loved, bravery and valor, 
And then my fifth one is curiosity. So when I started using those, I tried to, I, I tried to like say, what can I use those? It just made me so much happier. Yeah. And you, you guided me there. Well, I mean, look at your curiosity score. You're always curious about what does it take to be better at something? I mean, when I look at the trajectory of your life and our friendship, what I, what I have always seen is that you found a way to be successful. If you hit a speed bump, you got around it. And I think you probably used your curiosity and bravery to go where no woman had gone before at times. And um, I think you've always used your character strengths. When you've been at your best, You've been that person and just the love. I mean, you know, you raved about Maria to me long before I even had the privilege of meeting Maria. You genuinely love the people around you and you're grateful for those relationships. So I do know how hard it was for you to lose your mom, who was, you know, your biggest cheerleader as far as I could see. She Um, was. (laughs) Yeah. So the character strengths matter. And as I said, I was just working with the men's and women's teams at American University and I've worked with NCAP, the number one club team in the country. But frankly, I should be in at the U.S. Olympic uh, organization. I should be I should be in there giving everybody the keys to the kingdom. The holy grail is knowing what your top strengths are and knowing how to use them. For example, the overuse of these strengths is a weakness. The overuse of the quality of love, for example, is almost you know, emotional promiscuity, loving everybody um, and maybe loving others more than you love yourself. The underuse of love is not necessarily connecting with other people. So you have to know things like there are swimmers I've worked with who are very high in things like love of learning and judgment and critical thinking. So they're always taking in vast amounts of data and they're thinking, 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 which can be useful until it's not. And those are the people who will overthink a race. They will overthink when they have, uh, you know, a bad, bad race. What does this mean? So coaches have to be tuned into and dialed into how do I connect with this swimmer, given what their strengths are? If I know ahead of time that they're high in strengths of the head, I have to be ready to talk to them about other kinds of things that will allow them to ameliorate this, you know, intellectual kind of overcapacity to think things and uh, remind them of other strengths they have and how to use those to actually water down the tendency to be critical of themselves. So, you know, frankly, if the U.S. wants to compete in every possible level, not just athletically, but emotionally, they really need to have positive psychology in the curricula that they're teaching, because I do know that Australia is all over this at the Olympic level. Uh, That is fantastic. So, Caroline, so let's let's say you're a coach, which you are. You're a life coach, but let's say you, you're a a coach of an athlete, and we'll use swimming because we have a lot of swimmers that listen. And you know your swimmers' top five yep. signature strengths. How how do you how do you use them? Well, this is what Mark Davin and I were talking about at AU. He's going to give everyone a kickboard and personalize it with their top five strengths. Oh, that's so great. So they could just stare at those things. Oh, that is so great. Mark Davin is brilliant. He used to be fully funded with scholarships. And I remember when my son was swimming for Curl Burke, I'd look down on the AU pool deck and I'd see these Olympians. I mean, there were like 14 or 20 flags. And Mark had all these amazing swimmers. And then he, you know, he lost his funding. But what's interesting about him is he's still comes up with all these creative ways to make everybody who does come there better. And he just loves this. When he said, I'm going to put people's top five strengths on the kickboard, I was like, that is brilliant. So anyway, so what does a coach do? Let's just say, um, uh, 
let's say a swimmer is very high in judgment and critical thinking and love of learning. They're going to be the ones that you could easily give, send them a video and say, this is the, you know, these are the three dolphin kicks. This is someone who's doing it perfectly. Here are some of the websites where you can learn more about what's behind race pace training, for example. They're the ones who will eat that up. So you always want to cater to them with more information rather than less. Um, you also have to be aware of the fact that there are people who might get stuck in their heads and might overthink things. So you have to be aware of what could they do with this strength that will hurt them. So you want to be on top of how to use it, give them more information, versus being on top of when they might be overusing it. Um, let's say there's a, a, a swimmer who's really high in creativity. So I run into this myself as a master swimmer. I'm high in creativity. You cannot give me the same set every Wednesday. If you do it, I'm out of the pool. Um, and so what you're looking for with people who are high in creativity is give them the opportunity to change up something and how they do a set, because that will put them into a state of flow far more easily. They need that creativity. If someone's high in the strength of perseverance, you know, which is being a finisher, uh, literally at all costs, I call the overuse of perseverance stupid grit. I mean, these are people <laughs> who will finish anything they start, even if it's not in their best interest. They'll finish other people's goals, but they'll hit the wall. So you want to be careful with someone who's really persevering and make sure that what's in front of them are only the right goals, not the wrong goals, because they're going to finish what they start. So you always have to be careful of how perseverance is used. But that's, you know, there are 24 character strengths. That's what I was going to ask. What What's the number? There's 24. Okay. There's 24. And let's say one is at the bottom. You don't necessarily want to go down there and just go, oh my God, why is teamwork at the bottom? I have to bring that up. You know, <laughs> what you really want to focus on are what's on the top, because that's the way you see the world. You see the world in a default way through the prism of, let's say, creativity or love of learning or wisdom or curiosity or leadership or bravery. So it's not that you don't possess the strengths at the bottom. It's that you go about life in a, uh, through different lenses. You might use curiosity about other people as a way to lead them. So I've seen a lot of managers using a top strength of creativity and learning more about the people who report to them or who they interact with in order to be a better leader. You don't have to have the leadership strength in order to be a leader. There are five, though, that you don't necessarily want at the bottom. And I do make a point of calling, calling out when I see something like gratitude at number 24. You don't want to have a strength like gratitude at the very bottom, because if you, if you don't have gratitude for the people around you, and I'm no, I've noticed on, on your interviews and elsewhere with these top swimmers and these champions, there's this immediate gratitude that they have for the people who supported them. There's real humility that you also see. Um, but you don't want gratitude at the bottom because it's very difficult to build bridges or have alliances or have people who want to help you if you're never grateful. So that's when you start to pull it out. The other ones are the ability to love others and be loved back. Curiosity. People who aren't curious are literally stone cold dead about being you know, involved in what other people are doing. They're not interested in learning about belief systems that are different from theirs. So curiosity is a very powerful, flourishing strength. The other one is hope. And you can see why hope, optimism and future mindedness. If you're hopeless, that's actually the definition of being suicidal. And then the last one of the five that I always scan the list for is zest. You know, zest is just naturally very high in children. They're curious, they're zestful, they're joyful. But when people start to think, well, I can't act like that, I can't have like 
five different colors on my nails. I can't laugh. I can't do April Fool's jokes. You start to find people hardening into this faux maturity that doesn't actually serve them well. So zest is a very important quality to keep an eye on because that's literally the spirit that makes contagious joy come alive for other people too. So if I understand you correctly, knowing your strengths and then feeling good about working through those strengths is, is important, but then there's also some, some things on that list of character traits that everybody should try to develop. And those are, can you repeat them? There's gratitude, yeah. hope. You, I think you basically got it right. What I want, when you take the test, you want to focus on your top five and sometimes people say top seven and you want to challenge yourself to use them more. Okay. in new and creative ways. Like what's a new way I could use my love of learning today? Because it makes people happier and it makes them more likely to succeed at their goals. However, the, there are five that you want to know where those five are. Because if they're at the bottom, you might want to think about doing an intervention like the three blessings exercise if gratitude is at the bottom. If love is dead last, you kind of want to ask yourself, what is it about you know, this reciprocity in relationships that... Um, that I don't do well, What? how has that maybe hurt me in life? How might it be to my benefit to be a little bit more warm or emotionally connected to other people? So you, you wanna kind of challenge yourself when you see love, zest, hope, curiosity, um, and- Gratitude. At the bottom. But generally okay. focus on your top ones, yeah. So focus on your top ones, and if those are at the bottom, bring them up, work on them. Or at least ask yourself, how is it? How would it be maybe more beneficial to have more feelings of gratitude in life? Do you fear that? There is such a science to this, though, that a little bit of knowledge can be very, very dangerous. And so the VIA character website, um, viacharacter.org, has reams of research on all of this. And so if this does fascinate people, they really do need to go read a little bit about it because you want to use them very responsibly. But what I will say, high level, because this is about love, is that love is one of the top strengths of flourishing people and people who have the capacity to form bonds with other people, who have that kind of warm-hearted response to others, are more likely to flourish and flourishing precedes success in life. And the connection is, it, it's just, it's, it's undeniable. And it's a slam dunk finding. And I wrote about it in my book, Creating Your Best Life, which was just named the number one book for goal accomplishment in 2020. That book came out 10 years ago. And so if you're interested in going a little bit deeper, that book was a pioneer in 2009. And apparently it's still the best one out there. It is. It's still, okay, I just moved. I moved 10 books. And among among them was the Bible and that book. Yes. 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 I have gone back to that again and again. Kelly turned me on to it before I even know you, Caroline, and I've loved it. Wow. Well, thank you. Well, then I hope the next one, which is straight goal setting theory, is as useful to you. I think it probably will be because it'll be stories and the rest of it. But Creating Your Best Life was the first to actually have, well, a goal setting book that ever had researcher footnotes in it. I mean, how did that happen? Really? <laughs> How did that happen? People were building companies on Brian Tracy and Zig Ziglar anecdotes that had no basis in reality. They were just nice stories. And so I, I knew it was groundbreaking when it came out. Um, but to be standing in line at, a, at an outlet when I was in isolation working on my last book in December and have this article pop up ranking it first 
ahead of Sean Acor, Gretchen Rubin, other luminaries. I was like, God is good. <laughs> so I just was so grateful and shocked and happy and all the words for happiness. Cause it's like, that was a hard book to write. Yeah. And it, it really has helped my life become super successful. I love that book. And, and, you know, I've shared it with everybody. I think I've probably bought and given 20 copies of, of that book. So I love you. It's incredibly pra practical for anybody who, you know, wants a good starting place. So well-researched. Yeah. Creating your best life. You guys have to, you have to get that. We'll put that in the show notes too. So Caroline, so the, so we've talked about people's signature strengths, which are their own things that make them flourish. And then you said there were 11 words that people can say, and I'll tell you a little, I like stories and hopefully people like to listen to stories. So every year I go to women's NCAA swimming championships and I love to go, especially when my NC state wolf pack women are doing great. And so the last few years that, you know, I've definitely gone to cheer them on. And I got a little credit card made up for the team last year with the wolf pack symbol. And then I wrote as many positive emotions, just wrote them out, just love, joy, you know, awe, compassion. And I wrote them just those words. That was it. And, you know, they carried those around in their pocket with them. And I said, when you get nervous or you get anxious and coach Mark Bernardino um, got one too. And he's, he, you know, he was the head coach at UVA for 30 years and just, he's an icon of the sport. And now he's um, the associate head coach at NC state. He said, Oh, Kelly, I kept that in my pocket the entire time and pulled it out. And wow. so I, I want to know, like, can people just without those being their signature strength. So zest, I don't know if that's an emotion. Zest is funny. That's Mark's number one strength. Yeah, which it is. is. <laughs> yeah, nobody's going to be surprised. Nobody has more zest than Mark. <laughs> yeah. Mark is Mr. He took the via and I He took it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kelly. Wow. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, so what can, what can people do? Like, can we just look at a word or say a word or feel a word and, and draw some, some, like I'm, like I gave this credit card to the women swimmers to take and use. And. Okay. So that's a really interesting question. Um, first of all, I really admire what you did because you're clearly an ambassador of well-being and flourishing. And I think that is a real gift you give the world, both of you. But it's not that you just say these words, say joy, say awe, say contentment. My point was that in the positive psychology research, it used to be called just authentic happiness. And I think there was a lot of criticism of, you know, well, if you're just pursuing happiness, you know, that's just kind of a superficial life. And it's been found that people who just try to seek happiness don't always end up happier. Happiness is a byproduct of doing other things like being generous, being forgiving, being loving. Well-being comes from that. And there are about 11 terms, maybe more, that researchers have identified are the byproducts of being virtuous. And those are the words that you're talking about. I wrote down some, love, savoring, pride. I was listening to Lily King's mother talking with some awe about, in your interview, about what her daughter has done the ways in which she has expressed herself in the world to be her best self is not like every other swimmer. And yet listening to her mother, there was just awe in her voice. That's one of the words. 
awe, joy, contentment, happiness, laughter, love. So when you feel those emotions and people feel them in different shades, some people who, for example, are low on the strength of love might be high in gratitude. So you want them to do a small getting in touch with silently. The last time they were so grateful that their heart felt like it was you know, so full. So you can pick among those words, but you can't just say them to yourself. You have to be in touch with a, a time in your life when that episode filled you with the kind of emotion that has the undoing effect on the body, the undoing of negative emotions. Beautiful. So, yeah. And that, and that's what I, I, you know, when I gave them these cards, I, I think, you know, we talked about that. You got to connect to those emotions. And I do that by, you know, Maria, I sent Maria a little um, email this week and I found this beautiful picture of Maria's husband and my brother. little brother, Jim, <laughs> and he was making a snow angel in this picture. And he's just, he just had this cherubic, perfect little face and he was snow angeling. And I sent it to Maria and I said, Maria, please send me a picture of you as a little girl, because when I, I know this is going to sound weird, but when I picture Maria as a little girl, I don't know why I'm about to cry with love for her, but I, it just, when I want to conjure up love for someone, I picture them as a child. And oh, thank you, Kelly. That's beautiful. Yeah, and I just so Maria, you have to send me a picture. I've already asked you <laughs> no, I for came it. Out, I came out at twenty five. There's no picture. <laughs> and Caroline, I I have a great picture of you that I saved. That's on my computer that I look at when when you were a little girl. And and so I, you know, when I get mad at Mark, I think of him as a four year old. <laughs> and and it just so I feel like that opens my heart. And I, I, I'm say, I'm telling the, these techniques because I know people have techniques for connecting to right. emotions. And one of my techniques for connecting to really loving people is seeing them as a child. That's well, great. see, that's you can see your top strengths just dripping out of that example, can't you? I mean, the creativity. You know, it's like if I really want to feel good, I use my creativity. I think, you know, what is a new or fresh way for me to, you know, use my love and my gratitude strengths to really feel them? You see, you came up with a way that uses your top strengths that has this positive impact on you. You've got bravery, which I think it's brave to put yourself in touch with such powerful emotions, too. And so that's how I think people's top strengths leak out of how they interact with others, how they speak, what they don't speak about. If I talked to someone for half an hour, or if I just heard that example from you, I would probably be able to pick four of your top strengths just from that example alone. So that's what people need to do is exactly what you've done is use them to say, what, how can I use these strengths to actually, you know, be purposeful, uh, bring joy to the world, um, be virtuous, you know, be temperate in my emotions, um, be kind to others. How can we do this? Because we live in such an unkind world with so much cruelty and so much callousness and so much, I mean, I, I know I'm in a political city in DC, but I've never seen so much cruelty in terms of how people are described, the name calling. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't make the world better. 
And I think it's it's incumbent upon all of us to not just be our best selves, but in the process of being that person, have the impact of other people wanting to be better as well. I love that. And I, one of the things that, uh, you know, along with the idea of a negative bias is that negative news sells because they're appealing to our evolutionary selves. Yeah. So, you know, if you turn on the TV, you're going to see this name calling and this this awful stuff that that could bring you down. So, I, you know, I I I I think the people who might be listening to the show are going to love this. And I think it's going to come naturally to them because I think they're going to be people who like to learn and they're curious. Yeah. But I would love some tips for maybe if those of us, our listeners who are who are listening to the show, who have other people in their lives that that are not curious. I mean, I've noticed in my family, there's we're divided half and half. Half of us love to learn about this kind of thing. And the other half just want to live their lives and be left alone and not pop psychologized or a positive psychologized or anything. So I guess my question for you, Caroline, if it's, we want to coach people who we see maybe suffering with anxiety or depression, but don't have curiosity or don't have energy to learn about this stuff, what can we do? You know, great question. I go back to this exercise that has a profound impact on pretty much everyone I know. And that is I have people do the via and then come up with a time when all those top five strengths were being used because at a time that was a win for them. It was a win because they were successful or they were happy or they were proud or they were content or someone else told them they made a difference. That story encapsulates all your top strengths in the right dose in the right context. And that puts people in touch with pride. They're proud of themselves. So you want to get people, and it's, so it's not just curiosity. I mean, people who have love of learning and judgment and critical thinking, for example, or fairness and justice, I mean, they may be people who are whistleblowers, who stood up when it was hard. Let's say they had fairness and uh, bravery and zest in their top five, and they made a difference by being like the, the whistleblower at Enron, the low-level accountant, the woman, Sharon Watkins, who did what no other man was willing to do, is call, call out the leadership of Enron. I mean, so when you put people in touch with stories where their top strengths have made a difference, you get them in a different space, and then you learn about them as well. And so you want to, you know, you want everybody to be in touch with their best self and you want to share that story and you want to listen respectfully. I have an example that you made me do this. Ready? And I, you told me to do this and it's, it's, I've written it out and not, I didn't not even know, but I just pulled it up. It's not, it's in a Google doc. Um, and you said, write a time that you did use your signature strengths. So an example of me at my best is when, and these are, and the words I'm going to use are all, my five strengths are in this one paragraph and it's pretty short actually. An example of my best is when I created Champions Mojo. It was a creative process where I could show my gratitude for having the good fortune to have been a champion athlete myself. I can show others love and feel love from them by sharing techniques to make their lives better. I'm extremely brave and show valor by starting a new podcast in a very competitive market. I get to use my curiosity when I interview others and research topics that will help people. Yeah, and then I would add to that your love for Maria and your... Yes. Yes, yes. Yes. 
Yes. You know, I mean, this is you doing this podcast with Maria is truly you at your best. And and one sign is that when you're at your best, you're often in a state of flow and other people recognize also that you're at your best. So the example I often give is one that you're very familiar with. And so 35 years ago, I overcame bulimia and became the first person to actually publicly state that I was a former bulimic. And I wrote the first book by anyone who survived um, bulimia. And I just thought I had bravery in my top five and I never stopped and went, and thought, oh, that's brave. That's courageous. No, I thought I have no choice. People have to have hope. They're, People have to know one person got better. So all five of my strengths were in that example, love, creativity, uh, bravery, wisdom, and, um, oh. Um, curiosity. No, it's not curiosity, it's zest. Zest. So your example makes me kind of, it just reminds me of all the reasons why I love you and you've been in my life just almost as long as I've been alive. And then Maria, I'm not sure I ever heard you at your best, but I'm sure, I interviewed you and you're in my Getting Grit book, but how you did that ride in your sister's honor. And I, my guess is that there's, you know, love and. Yeah, there. I, I, I don't know. I haven't taken the test, but I will. Great, and I'll you got to take the test. I can't wait for you to take the test. Yeah, it'll be great. But I know I, and listening to these words, I know that that uh, bravery and zest um, should be among the top one. And maybe maybe love. I'd like to get better, better at the gratitude one. Yeah. So, so another thing that's important is that I have three children and every one of them at one point or another has asked me to do like a coaching session. So I'm an executive coach. I work with a lot of people, but my kids had heard over 20 years, they'd hear me having these conversations if they passed by my office and they all came to me and said, could you give me a session like that? So we can talk <laughs> about my strengths. All three of them to this day state that those were the most impactful, meaningful, life-changing conversations they've ever had with me because I saw them in a new way. They saw themselves in a new way and it allowed them to own things that they didn't realize were unique to them. They thought all three of them have humor at number one. And they just oh. thought everybody sees the world with a little bit of a, a twist. <laughs> and, and I said, no, that's pretty unusual. That's like it a power. And so it's a, it, once you've done your own, have your children or the people you love do it, have that conversation. It's been transformative in my life to see the people I love take it. My husband waited 15 years to take it because he was worried I wouldn't like his strengths. Oh, no. And finally, he took it and he handed me a little piece of paper. He's like, these are mine. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Did he tell you the story when he, when he for when he'd used them all? And yeah, we talk about it a lot, actually, a lot. Because remember, when you talk about strengths and, and their positive use, it's unprofessional to not also mention that you can overuse them. Mm -hmm. And so my daughter's high in kindness, which is great. Um, she's a public defender um, and she has a big heart and she, you know, she's she's just an amazing woman. Um, but I, I said, Samantha, there's an overuse to kindness. And often that means you can be a doormat. And she like smacked her head and she said, Oh my God, that explains why when people want to borrow my car, she was at Brown at the time, she was a rower and she had a car on campus. And she said, when people want to borrow my car, I don't just say yes, I drive the keys to them. <laughs> no? And it wow. was just so interesting to have her have that eureka moment and realize that this great, great strength of kindness was also a weakness 
if she crossed over this line and began to overuse it in situations that elicited that bad behavior. So mm -hmm. that's why it's so important to not just look at the good use, but wow, when, when does it become a weakness? Because people don't always recognize it because they get so much value from those top strengths or they wouldn't be top strengths. Yeah, I love it. I love having these conversations based on strengths. And there's always another side to a strength. So that's, these are really, really good. I just want to go back over it. Take the VIA test, find your top five, then find a story or have somebody tell you a story of when they've used those. And that's a great jumping off point for yeah. uh, these positive yeah. emotions. I just want to say every swim coach should have that conversation with their athletes because you don't want to just see them as swimmers. You want to see them as humans who have stories. And if you don't know their stories, you really don't know them. I love it. And Caroline, you're so much like family with Maria and I. We're going to let you close out the show with us because we we want to let you go to you're doing you're doing Taekwondo or what are you doing now? No, I'm working towards another black belt. Yeah, I know you have a black belt in already. I have keto, but I'm working towards another one because I think all women should know self-defense. It's the number one deterrent to sexual assault. And so I'm, I'm, I'm in, in it for the long term, but I just know all the changes that you see women go through when they understand how to meet a, a man's eyes and know how to defend themselves and not have temporal immobility. But I, you know, I, I take my fitness seriously, but you do. Where's, where's the little quiz about dogs and cats? Cat or dog? Dog. Red or blue? Oh. Blue. Blue, you're wearing blue. Blue. Milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Milk. Kickboard or no kickboard? No. No? Well, no, because I like be doing breaststroke kick underwater. Okay, okay. Mountains or beach? Oh, beach. Favorite, um, no, football or baseball? Football. iPhone or Android? Both. Coffee oh, oh, wait, oh, I got I love that. Wait, I have one of each. Oh, we're, well, you know what? You're the first person. Maria and I are both Android. We have yet to find one Android. Everybody else's iPhone. Every Everybody's single iPhone. swimmer is on iPhone. Mm -hmm. Yes. I have, see, I have a Samsung Galaxy 10 Plus Note, but I also <laughs> have an iPhone 10 because they both have different strengths. That's wow. Great. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Morning or night person? Morning. Fingernail polish or no fingernail polish? Oh my God. I'm <laughs> your a 10 fingernail color, yeah, not one. Are. I can't okay. even imagine doing one color. I can't even <laughs> comprehend a life where there's only one color on my nails. <laughs> I like the I zest. can't comprehend a life where there's any color on my nails. <laughs> <laughs> zest Our, zest takes different forms. That's right. Yes, you see my yes. zest drips out of my answers. <laughs> I love it. Okay, your favorite color? Oh, yellow. I know. I've been in your kitchen. Favorite yeah. pizza topping? Oh, gosh. that was, That's not fair. I haven't heard that question before. Um, extra cheese. Extra <laughs> cheese. Favorite vegetable? Carrots. Your favorite swim complex in the USA? Oh, boy. Gosh. Well, I was, uh, when I swam at Harvard, I was the first season where Blodgett Pool was new. And that just is, was a beautiful pool when it opened. So I'll just say Blodgett. Yeah, it's a great pool. Something on your pre-performance playlist, a music that pumps you up. Good Morning Starshine. Oh, oh I love that song. I love that song. Yeah, I love that. Okay, um, your shoe size? 
10 and a half. I'm so jealous there. So jealous. I love it. God God gave with one hand and took away with another hand. (laughs) (laughs) I used to recruit women who had big feet. Like I, that was something that was important to me. Siblings. I have two. Um, Your favorite Star Wars character. I have no idea. Okay, no one has ever said the real fame, like Yoda. Yoda is the wise, the cute, the adorable Yoda. Nobody ever says Yoda. I can't even remember going to Star Wars. I must have been like 12. Yeah, but there's been like 10 there's of been, them. Yeah, a bunch. Since you, they're you at, they're out every year. Missed them all. <laughs> missed them yeah. all. Yeah, the young, I mean, even this young generation loves Star Wars, Caroline. I know, but I'd rather read research than go to a movie. Yeah, yeah, totally would. Can you cook? I'm learning. <laughs> I have oh, an Instapot. I have an Instapot. That that's an amazing, yeah. All my kids got one for Christmas, and they said it's the great uh, last year, and they said it's one of the best gifts I've ever given them. Wow, I, I've got to look into that because my answer there is no. And the last one is, uh, what word comes to mind first when you dive in the water? Wow, wow. Okay, we're gonna wrap this, but you have to do it with us. The three girlfriends here. Takeaways, takeaways, takeaways. We've heard from you that your favorite section of our podcast is the takeaways. Thank you so much for that feedback. But before we get to the takeaways today, we wanted to ask you if you would please give us a five-star review. That way, more people will be able to find our podcast. Also, if you could subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify, you'll never miss a podcast episode if you subscribe. And please share our podcast with your friends. And now, the takeaways. What is the one thing you're going to take out of this conversation? Me? Yes, each of us. We each have to give our one thing that you're, you're going to go take action on something that this conversation stimulated for you. We call these our takeaways so what are you going to take away? It's really two things. My absolute love for both of you for doing this and giving you giving such a platform. So I'm completely rejuvenated by the fact that you have this, you've worked at it. It's so great. And the second is it just, I have to get this next book done. So it, it both, it's both and. I love it. That's good. Yeah. Maria, uh, what, what, what are you going to yeah. Easy, easy takeaway for me. I got to take that via test. And then I want to have the people I love take it as well. And use the technique of telling the story uh, where you've used all of your top ones. I, I just completely love that. And that's an easy, actionable item for me. Yeah. Yes. And you and I often have the same takeaways. I know mine. I'm going to have Mark retake his because I know his like top two, but I and the people that I love, I want I want them to take it. And you know who would be really interested to take the interesting for me to see take this is Trog, my dad, who we call Trog, just to see at the end of his life, you know, he's going to be 90 in, in next wow. month. Wow. Yeah. My so, guess um, is your dad is really high in head strengths, Kelly. I, I would think so. He lives in his head, but he's doing great. And um, I, so, uh, yeah, so I want to know the people around me's strengths and Maria. So my, the other thing is takeaway. I want to know what yours are. I'm yep. very excited to hear that. We'll be, re- so, we'll be reporting back. All right, guys. And then, I'm guessing perseverance, by the way. I'm yeah, guessing perseverance. I, there's no question in my mind that perseverance no is there. No question. I have all the right, stu- and, stupid grit. Yeah. And, and Caroline, 
Maria and I went through a big thing where we didn't say that we we didn't say I love you at the end of the conversations on the first few podcasts, and it always tripped us up at the end. So now I get to say I love you both. I love you. you too, Kelly. I love you too, Caroline. Thank you for everything that you've taught me. Thank you. This has really been rewarding in more ways than you can imagine. So, and I, I mean, my heart is full. So thank yes. you. This week's quote of the week comes to us from Caroline Miller. Every coach should know their athletes' strengths, not just as athletes, but as humans and know their stories. Because if you don't know their stories, you don't really know them. You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast designed to make you feel inspired, motivated, and educated. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Also, visit championsmojo.com to learn more.